in your humanity to understand what God is doing because of your experiences around you and the experiences that you have been through. And so we then are, are boxed in. We are limited in our ability to see the big picture. And so therefore we make choices if we don't have the Holy Spirit for morality that's literally is impossible without the Spirit of God. Because what we end up doing then is we decide for ourselves what is evil and what is good. And so in Acts chapter 10, we're seeing that God is about to break a tradition on one of his servants that was hindering his ability to see what God is doing. So therefore, our excitement and where we come from is this. Here is our prayer. Here is the desire of your heart. God, reveal your will for my life. God, reveal your will for my life. Before you reveal your will for a nation, reveal your will for my life. So then I can choose to come in alignment with that. So what the enemy does then, he blocks God's will. So you can't come in alignment with it. That's Bible 101. That's the enemy's plan 101. Let's block the character and the nature of God. Because if they get a revelation of who God is, they will then by their soul come in agreement And therefore be empowered to walk out the purpose of God for their lives. And so that is what we're facing. And so we see here that there are certain things that block that. And one of those things that Paul is, excuse me, that, 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 that Luke is writing is that one of those things is traditions. One of those things is the way that we've been brought up. One of those things is the things that we've always known. And so the hardest thing for God is to break a belief system that's rooted in your own experiences. That's the totality of why you come to church. is to be equipped to empower. Here's my, I don't want to call it job description because this is not a job, right? This is the calling of a pastor, of an evangelist, an apostle, a teacher according to Ephesians. It is to equip the saints for what? The work of ministry. So so my responsibility then is to equip you for the work of ministry. So what you do is you come wanting to encounter God. And what I do is I want to empower you as you encounter God. So therefore, the reason why we come together and the reason why you adjust your schedule and the reason why you don't forsake the assembly of yourself together is because corporately you want to encounter God so you can be equipped corporately as well to do what? We're going to talk about it right here. Break traditions that's holding back God's redemptive plan from manifesting in my life and in the people that I have access to. Does that make sense? Right? So, so that's what's all Really about, and so in Acts chapter 10, we're going to see that. So, so verse 34, it begins with this. So Peter opened his mouth and said, this is Acts chapter 10, verse 34. So Peter opened his mouth and said, truly, I understand that God shows no partiality. Right there. He didn't just talk about knowledge. That's not what he said. Let's look at it. He says, I now understand. Oh, come on. I, I now, I now am taking the, the, the ability in my head that I can read, that I can see. I, I take the five senses 
And now I move it into a place of understanding in my soul. So now I am, say with me, convinced. Someone say convinced. We call that conviction. (laughs) And so now I have the conviction that God shows no partiality. It moves away just from a head knowledge. It literally becomes something that I've come in agreement with, with my soul. That I really believe this to be the thing. And you can't talk me out of it. Why? Because I understand it now. Revelation knowledge has superseded reason. And so if we're going to be able to, and I'm jumping ahead, shine the light to this world, as many people says we've entered into a dark period, the reason why they can say it is because we're not shining our light in any issue. That we must be able to shine our light so people have understanding of what God is doing. In the midst of what may offend your tradition, God wants you to understand his truth. And so here, Peter now gets to this place of this encounter. And Peter is now said, I understand. Someone say, I understand. So do yourself a favor. Don't talk until you understand. Don't, don't do it. I know you're going to be tempted in your emotions to speak to things. But don't take the bait. Someone say, don't take the bait. Don't, 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 don't do it. Don't do it. All social media did was, did was to explore our ignorance. And that's all it really did. And to get an audience. And so I'm not saying don't communicate. I'm saying communicate when you have understanding. So part of being part of a ministry is simply this. That the Berean church, the Berean believers, after the apostles taught, they would take the Old Testament. Not the New Testament. They would take the Old Testament. Come on. The New Testament wasn't written yet. So everything the apostles were saying was reflected back into the Old Testament. They wanted to see how Christ was a fulfillment of the Old Testament. Stay with me on this. Because people will tell you that the Old Testament is irrelevant. Oh, no, no, no. The Old Testament is absolutely necessary for us to understand the covenant. Because if we don't understand the Old Testament that was speaking to a nation, Acts chapter 10 won't make any sense when we see how the Gentiles now are engrafted into what the Old Testament teaching of Jesus And so a lot of things that we do is that we operate in this New Testament grace, which is amazing. Which is amazing. Grace is amazing. Come on, somebody. Thank God for his grace. Thank God for his grace. When I mess up, thank God for his grace. Oh, we got to take a praise break right there because we got to thank God for his grace. Amen. Where sin abounds. Grace abounds a lot more. Yes, we have to be people of grace. However, it's cheap grace in the Testament. And the blood sacrifice that had to take place. The messy middle of the sacrifice that was required. Can you imagine if we're still in the Old Testament? Come on. And Jesus didn't fulfill it. That we're bringing a goat and we're bringing a pigeon dove. We're bringing those things. And you got on the back of your car strapped down. And you're going to church with some gold and some calves and some all that sort of stuff. And you have to cut it in the brazen altar. I'm exhausted. If you look at the tabernacle, it was exhaustive work. 
Every day, the fire had to be burned. And for the fire to be burned, there had to be sacrifice. So there was never a time where you could be free of this guilt called sin because the fire continued to remind you that it takes so much work that even the Gentiles could even get near that they had a place called the courts of the Gentiles. That we have to look from the outside looking in. And Peter is now saying, I understand. Because although I have access to here, I have to look back over there and see what God is doing. And I got to take people from over here. And I got to bring them to where I'm at right here. Why? Because this is what God is doing. And so we've got to take people. Come on, somebody. Church, we got to take people in this hour, and we got to be able to recognize what God is doing, and we've got to move them. Someone say move. Come on. We've got to move them because we have a moment. We have an opportunity. Good God Almighty. We have an opportunity to see really the grace of God manifest in a people's life, in a nation. And so if we don't understand, our traditions are blocking us from moving into what God is doing in the new. We will miss everything and people will wonder, is there a God? And where do I fit in? And so we have it here. He says, I understand. I can just drop the mic right there. Do you want to be people of understanding? Or do you want to be people of just ignorance? So a historical decision was made. And the first thing we must do as a church is understand. 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 Where does the church fit in? Now the culture. The church. Where does the church fit in? Where do we have our voice? And I'm here to tell you, without prayer, you will never be able to get the revelation that God has. So the first thing we must understand is prayer. Because if we read in the context of this, we realize that Cornelius was praying. A Gentile was praying and giving alms to God if you begin the text. In chapter 10, he was praying. He was doing the best that he could. He was a Gentile. He was from an Italian background. And here he is now seeking the God of the Jewish people. Doesn't have full access, but yet still can do something. And so it's in that that God comes and says, I see, I see what you're doing. But then he finally says, I need Peter to understand what God is doing. And so as the church, we must get to a place where we understand that God shows no partiality. But in every nation, verse 35, anyone who what? Fears him. Oh, gosh. Whoa. I might as well skip over that because we don't really want to deal with that. But in every nation, anyone who fears him There it is right there. The fear of God. Not afraid of God. That's Adam and then hit. They were afraid of God. The fear of God is the reverence and the awe of who he is. 
And one needs to come back into the church, into a nation. And I believe we can all agree on this, is we need the fear of God to come back in again. The reference of who he is and what his word says and all that he has for us is to fear him. In every nation that fears him. So our prayer then should be, God, I want to have understanding of what you're doing. I want to understand that there's no partiality in you. So I want to see the big picture. I I don't want my traditions to hold me back from seeing the big picture. But in the midst of that, what I want then is a nation who fears God. I want a nation who, who fears God. Why? And does what is right, acceptable to him. Because if we reverence you, God, then you're going to bring the blessings that we need. Come on. That if we fear him. See, here's the deal. People will commit sin because they don't think that God is omnipresent. They really don't believe that God sees what we're doing. They don't believe it. They read that God is omnipresent. But in my behavior, I don't really believe that. Because if I believe that God is omnipresent, there would be a fear, not of getting caught, but there'd be a fear of not doing what God's will is. There'd be a fear of messing things up. Let me break this down for you. See, See, when, when, when I gave my heart to Jesus, um, August 16th, when I gave my heart to Jesus, um, the issue first was I was afraid that if I gave my heart to Jesus, I was going to lose stuff. So, so I was afraid of fully surrendering because the things I was doing, I really liked. <laughs> to be honest, right? Come on, I really liked it. The most honest place supposed to be is the church. <laughs> There's certain sins that we miss. <laughs> it's the grace of God that doesn't make us go back there. <laughs> and so the first thing I thought, I was afraid that I was going to lose stuff. So coming to God was going to be a deficit. <sighs> and so it held me back because I was afraid of God. But when I got saved and, and I was at the altar and I said, God... I can't do this anymore. I, I, I can't, there's no way in my own human effort can I actually do what I believe the word is asking me to do. I can't do it. I, I just, I just can't do it. And God showed me a vision. And what he showed me was this. And this is why I fear God now. What he showed me was this, that, that I was literally fallen. And so Satan, who had legal access over me, that I was fallen. And he was like this. And I've shared the story. And perhaps you've heard it. But indulge me to share it again. Um, but I heard the voice of the Lord say to me. As his hands came down. And my knees went down. He says you can't have this one. Oh come on. Come on. Come on. He, he stretched his hands. And said. I know he can't save himself. He's fallen. And he's afraid that, that coming to me is a deficit. So I'm going to, because of my love for him. Because, because of my purpose for his life. 
I can't afford for him to mess it up with his thinking. It's a deficit coming to me. Oh, God Almighty. So I'm going to initiate the grace. And when he sees the work that I do, and he understands, oh, God. (laughs) That there's no partiality with me. Come on. It doesn't matter because your parents were there. It doesn't matter because of what's going on. It doesn't matter all those things. There's no partiality with God. That because of my purpose and because of my word. Because the understanding is this in Jeremiah. From my mother's womb, God called me. Come on, somebody. So God initiates. Oh, good God Almighty. Mm. You can't have this one. Oh, you got to recognize you're in the hands of God. That's what Jesus says. The ones he put in my hands. No one can take them out. So the fear I have now is leaving God's will. Ooh, not afraid of him taking things from me. Come on. Who takes things from me? It's that devil that wants to take things from you and I. He comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's who wants to take things from you, not God. God wants to give you life and life more abundantly. God wants you to recognize, I've got good things for you. Woo, hallelujah. And so Cornelius recognized that I'm going to pray. I'm going to give alms because why? Because there is this God that the best I can do is to have access in my human effort. And God recognized that. God recognized that. And so he goes on and he says, those who do right is acceptable to him. Now, I mentioned earlier, and I said to you um, in one of our teaching, that our good is not good enough. And I felt when I shared that, I didn't want people to go leave here with their heads down. Oh, gosh, my good's not good enough. You didn't hear a word I said if that's how you leave. (laughs) When I said your good is not good enough, that should give you freedom. Thank God. Lord of mercy. Amen. Oh, God, I was getting exhausted trying to figure this thing out. (laughs) Praise God. My good is not good enough. That's how you should leave. And my good is not good enough because now you access Jesus and his righteousness. And so when people talk about you, you show them Jesus. Amen, somebody. And so we see here that, that Cornelius, he's, 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 doing, he's doing the best that he can. And God recognizes, I got to get someone to let him know his good's not good enough. I got to let someone know in case he stays in that for the rest of his life. And the people will not recognize that the Gentiles have access into the covenant of God through Abraham, which is through Jesus Christ. If you ever want to do interesting studies, study the covenants. It'll mess you up. You will be able to understand the heartbeat of God in such a manner of which now then you will truly be a citizen of two kingdoms. Come on. That you can understand I'm a kingdom citizen of heaven. And so when I pray, let your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You have access to that because you understand the covenant of God that needs to be there. And so he goes on in verse 37. He says, as for the word that he sent to Israel, preaching good news of peace through who? Jesus Christ. If we can get it up there. He is what? He is Lord of all. 
He establishes the lordship of Jesus. Why do you think we got a banner and put it up there? No advertising our name. It's to advertise his name. People are messed up. Who, who, who did that? We're like, we don't want any glory. We're not doing it to try to be self-righteous. We literally want Mary to know Jesus is Lord over Mary. That's what we want people to know. That when they drive, that's what they're saying. And they're, they're saying it, not even knowing they're saying it. As they read it, Jesus is Lord over Mary. Yeah, we got you. <laughs> that's some great marketing right there, man, right? If companies spend that kind of money to advertise their product and we got the best, come on, that people need, we got to do it. And so he says, she's Lord of all. We're going to get to this, to, to, to really the meat of what I want to share with you. So, so he says, preaching the what? The good news of what? Peace to Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. Um, I heard, I heard this. The Barna Research said, I think it's about 70% of, of, of teens, of Gen Zs, um, have questions about the faith. They have no idea what the gospel is. I'm talking about your kids who came to church have no idea what the gospel is. They know what is going to church, but they don't know the gospel. And so here's Cornelius now. Here he is doing these things. And so God was saying, he doesn't know the gospel though. He's doing good things, but he doesn't know the gospel. And so the question for us is to be equipped. The first thing you have to understand is this. I understand the gospel. I understand the good news. And so in talking to your loved ones, the thing you want them to know is, do you understand the gospel? I'm not saying, do you know religion? I'm saying, do you know the gospel? And I'm sharing this not because I'm trying to insult your intelligence by thinking, well, we know about it. No, I'm telling the statistic says that most people don't know the gospel. There was a gentleman, he was at a church. And he was there for years. I heard this testimony, this story. He finally went to another church. And he heard the guy preach. And the guy goes, I've never heard the gospel. I've never heard this before in my life. He said, what were they teaching you there? He goes, I don't know. But they never said this. And he came and gave his heart to Jesus. Been in church for years. Never heard the gospel. Because we emphasize your good works. And the reality is it's not good enough. And so Peter comes in now, and Peter is saying, you've got to understand the gospel, the good news. And he teaches, he says right here, this is the good news, the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord. So if you take that now with what was uttered, come on, in the airways, right, of our government, and you recognize, how come that's not good news? Because what we're focusing on... If we took our eyes off, he's Lord of all. That I trust God regardless. Because there are times decisions were made where I'm like, what are they doing? He's Lord of all. I trust him. And there's time my decision was made. Nope, he's Lord of all. I'm not going to be inconsistent with my conviction. I'm not going to be emotional. Come on. With my experience. You got to write that down right there. 
That'll make that devil get out of your life right there. I will not be inconsistent with my conviction and that will be, I will not be emotional with my experience. And that's what we offer the emotional healthy spirituality class that we're offering people to let them recognize this is how you're able to walk in your convictions and, and, and goes, and, and for able, and to be able, excuse me, to walk in the wholeness that God has for you. Preaching the good news of peace through Jesus Christ. He is Lord. So what the deal is simply this is as we look at things, what happens happens now is our traditions, our experiences, those things are now what? They're now lining up with what we just heard. And so all of a sudden we're trying to fight. We're trying to fight our tradition. And God is saying, let me give you truth. The reason why we must preach the good news of peace is that peace first and foremost is not of this world. The peace first and foremost is with God, people. That's what he came to tell Cornelius, that the peace you need is with God. That's who you offended. Not some political party, some religious belief. You offended God. I offended God. That's who we have to come to peace with. And it's from that place, if you're in peace with God, now you move to understand. And now we can have a conversation. Why? Because you come at me with peace, not with some emotional analysis fight. You come with peace. And so together we seek God's face. God, what are you saying? Break traditions if you have to. Break my pride if you have to. Heal my wound if you have to. If there's something blocking me from receiving the good news, then God, take it out of me. If there's anything inside of me that's evil, that's wicked, take it out of me, God. If my good is holding me back, take it out of me, God. I only want you. I hope this is helping somebody. Because here's why. God's going to send you someone who's not in peace. You got to be able to bring peace to them. Your loved ones needs peace. And here's why. Here's why. Because he goes on and says, you yourself know what happened throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee after the baptism that John proclaimed. So here it is now that you're taking them all the way back to the beginning of the ministry of Jesus. And so here are my points that I want to share with you. Number one is this, to do good And see healing take place to all. Number one is this. If you're taking notes, write this down. You must, in the midst of what is going on as a nation, but also in your own life, you must make a commitment for first and foremost to share the good news to everyone. That doesn't sound very appealing. (laughs) But it is. It is. Because what we're missing are people who legitimately have questions. In the midst of all the distraction, we're missing the people who legitimately have questions. And so here is the deal. When you take a look at this, you realize that we have to tell them about Jesus. If I'm to make him Lord of my life, if I'm supposed to have him as Lord over my life, and look at this situation and make him the Lord of my life, then I have to understand why is he Lord then? Why should I surrender to your God when there's multiple gods I can believe? Can I break this to you? Not everyone in church believes in the God of the Bible, by the way. Like not, everybody, not everybody that says they're a Christian actually believes in the Bible. If no one's ever told you that, hello. Literally, I heard this one guy. This guy was, I, I, I want to say he was a, a Buddhist, I think it was. That went to a Christian church. A Buddhist. Went to a Christian church. 
and wanted to like be on, be on leadership. Like wanted to, the guy's like, you recognize we don't have the same belief, right? Like you understand you're in a Christian church, right? <laughs> yeah, I, but that's what I like here. And so what I'm getting at is simply this. We must share the good news with everybody. Share the good news with your children. Share the good news with your employer. Share every opportunity you get. Share the good news. Ask him, hey, do you know the good news of Jesus and peace with God? Man, my life is, is messed up and, and I'm depressed and all those things. Hey, do you know the good news of Jesus that brings peace to that? It's the good news of, of the gospel that we're supposed to bring to our grandchildren, to everybody. That's what it is. So the first thing is this. We have to preach the good news for everyone because that's what Peter did. And, and as for the word, verse 36, he sent Israel preaching good news of peace through Jesus Christ. He's Lord of all. And so he goes on now and he says, okay, let's take a look at the baptism that John proclaimed. The second thing, right, this time if you're taking notes, is this. Why is it good news? It's because it's in his nature I take on. So because I'm being engrafted into the covenant of God, I am no longer, I now take on the nature of God. I take on his righteousness. What does that mean? It simply means that I'm in right standing with God. And so because I'm in the right standing with God, I am no longer now accustomed to my sinful desires over here. And part of that sinful desire is the enemy telling me I'm not worthy to be part of this new covenant now. That I don't fit in, that I don't belong, that I'm not included in all of these things. And so we have people who are screaming out, where do I fit? Where do I belong? They're asking these questions, and we have the answer. You fit right here in the covenant of God's plan with redeemed people who walk in righteousness. And so here it is now that you must understand. That, see, here's the thing. Um, Peter gets a vision. Of, of these animals. And Peter says, Lord, I have never violated your law. That's what Peter got. I've never violated your law. So I can't eat those things. And God says, don't call uh, common what, what I call uncommon. He, he says, he says don't, don't do that. He says, break traditions. Go ahead and eat. And he now comes in and he wants him to understand is that Peter, what I'm doing is above your theology. It's above your traditions that I'm imputing a righteousness on people that at one time was out in the Gentile courts. Now what? God is saying, make room. Come on. Make room for a people who actually needs to know where do I fit? Where do I belong? Because the children of Israel, they got to a place where they thought they were the elites. And so he now lets them realize, no, 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 this is the big plan. So number two, number two, it's in his nature. And here's what it is now. It's in his nature. And so let's break it down. Acts 10, 38. I want to go on the screen because I want to show you the Trinity unfolded in one verse. This is so powerful. What's the Trinity? It's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Acts 10, 38. I want you to circle this, highlight this, study this. Because this is how we're now seeing what is taking place. And if you see, it says, how God did what? Anoint who? Jesus of Nazareth. Let's stop right there. Who did the anointing? God the Father. Who did the anoint? The Son of God. Come on. And let's read on. And with what? With who? With what? The Holy Spirit. And with what? 
you may have rights as a human, but God has all authority as God. And when there's a conflict, who do you think is going to win? Your rights or God's authority? And so he's teaching them. He's telling this group of people that Cornelius went and got all his friends. He, check it out. So, so Peter comes now, and Peter says, yeah, I got this vision. And Cornelius tells him what happens. And Peter says, I want you to come, and I want you to come, and I want you to come. I want you to come. I want you. You, come on, come on. And he says, he says Peter, we're all here right now. Teach us, te- teach us th- this message of the good news. And Peter starts to preach. And Peter goes in now, and Peter reminds them. And he says, let me first begin by breaking down how things are supposed to be. He says, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. He's revealing the nature that Christ is about to embrace. Oh, my God. He's actually identifying who they are. He breaks down. He says, he says this. Watch this now. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with what? The Holy Spirit and with power. Is it possible for you and I to be able to make a difference without being anointed? You cannot. Come on. You got to be anointed. You got to be anointed. You have to be anointed. With what? With God's anointing on your life with the Holy Spirit and power. Look what it says. He went about doing good and healing who? All. Healing who? All. Who are what? Oppressed by who? Come on. He isn't hiding, folks. And here, if we get distracted, the devil is going to continue to oppress people in their experience that's contrary to God's will for their life. And we have to recognize, no, God anointed me with the Holy Spirit and power to bring a gospel of peace to your mind that's struggling right now. Because what your struggle is, is you're being oppressed by that devil that doesn't want you to know the revealed will of God for your life. Because if you come in agreement with it, oh God. If you come in agreement with God's will for your life, who I should marry, look out. Come on somebody, because one can chase a thousand, but two will put ten thousand to flight. If you come in agreement with God for your business, my God, you will prosper and bankrupt the plans of devil and hell. Come on, somebody. So the enemy doesn't want you to be anointed. He wants you to be annoyed. How can you believe that? He wants you to be annoyed as opposed to be anointed. And if you recognize that God has anointed you and God has anointed me, With the Holy Spirit and power. Oh, my God. Ooh, come on, somebody. Oh, come on. Mm, Come on. Come on. Come on. You may think elected officials have power. Hey, come on, Baba. But you got to understand the power you have is greater than any power in this earth. Come on. You got the power of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. It's in your nature to take on his nature. Because there's no other way to walk in power because you can't handle it without God being the one that's leading it. Good God Almighty. And he says this and God was with him. So here's the, here's the thing. So number one, number one, here it is right here. Number one, share the good news with everybody. Number two, it is in 
his nature. Number three, write this down. God is with you. God is with you. God is with us. Oh my God, God is with us. God is so with us. And so as we take a look at this, what do we do? And my final point is this. What do we do with all of this? As we take a look and we see that at the end of it, at the end of this message, God sends the evidence by the Holy Spirit filling that place. And they began to speak in tongues. They had a Pentecost experience as Gentiles. What are you talking about, Willis? They had a Pentecost, the ushering, the inauguration of the Holy Spirit that Peter and all those in the upper room experienced that recognized that Jesus made it back. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. He sends the Holy Spirit. It was the mostly Jewish people that were there. All of a sudden now, 10 chapters later, here is God saying, I'm not finished yet, my God. Someone needs to say, I'm not finished yet. God is not finished with this nation. He's only just beginning. Come on somebody that God is going to do a work my God I wish I had someone in this place that's getting excited for what God is doing God is doing good works he's healing your life he's healing your situation God is for you not against you come on somebody you don't gotta weep you don't gotta fear God is with us hallelujah hey how come you're not freaking out because God is with me Why are you not nervous? Because Jesus says, Lord. Why are you not posting? Because I got something greater to talk about than a post. I got a person. His name is Jesus. And if you can't accept him, you will have peace in your life. Woo! God is so good. So church, when it gets dark, what do you do? Go to Matthew chapter 5, 14. What do you do when it gets dark? Come on. <laughs> we should have been consistent with the light. I heard someone say this. He goes, um, he said, there's certain things that are invented. And he says, don't reinvent the light bulb. It's already invented. Don't try to bring another gospel. It's already there. <laughs> oh, I'll say that again. Don't try to bring another gospel that sugars down the word of God. Don't bring another Jesus who's not the Jesus of Nazareth. The Bible says in the last days, they're going to tell you, hey, Jesus is out there. Don't go. Don't don't go. That's not Jesus of the Bible. That's not Jesus of the Bible. So what do we do now? Because it says doing good and healing all. What do we do now as the church? Great question. I'm glad you asked because this is what it's all about. He says, don't invent another light bulb. What do we do? Increase the wattage. Usha mama. The gospel of peace is good news. And all that we have to do is let our light shine before men so they will see our good works and glorify God. Who is in heaven? My God Almighty. What he's saying to the church in this dark hour is simply this. Increase the light. Hallelujah. And let your light shine so people will be able to see that there is a God. Who knows exactly what you're going through. 
that's what you're dealing with. I love people asking questions because that's what I do. I do. I love asking questions right from the Bible, right from the beginning. Satan did what? He asked a question. What did God say? Learn to ask good questions. That's why discipleship is so important. Learn to ask good questions. Take notes. Listen to this message again, not just because it's me. Listen to the message again and ask questions. We're living in a time. And I think we all can agree with this. I hope you realize in history that nations have come and nations have fallen. America's not exempt from that, people. I know we want to think because we are a, a uh, probably the most, the most, how do I put this? Um, the, the, no, no, just, just the, the most, um, we're, we're better than some other nations in terms of our freedoms here. If you travel, you go to some other nations, you realize you get back to America, right? And going through my citizenship and, and all those things, knowing that God has called me to this nation, right? There, there, there is things that God is doing in this nation. Come on. Yes, there is, right? And so we can meet like this. In some nations, you can't do this. You, you can't do this. But we must understand, church, that if we don't shine our light, If we don't shine our light, people will continue to walk in darkness. And God in the beginning says, let there be light. And so as a nation, as we go through and unfold and unpack these next few days, next few weeks, the enemy is going to try to get you to turn your light down. But I want to tell you, increase the wattage with good work with good work because we serve a good good father let us finish by singing that we serve a a good good father I've listened to this song all week and as they're singing I want to invite you in a few moments we have left to either at your seat or come to this altar And the prayer is this. God, anoint me like you did, Jesus, with the Holy Spirit and power so my light can shine in this dark hour. You're a good, good father. So God, anoint me like you did, Jesus, with the Holy Spirit and power for this dark hour. Father, you're so good and you're up to a good work. And you're a good, good father. That's who you are.
Breaking traditions and you're revealing truth. Anoint us as you did Jesus with the Holy Spirit and power, and we will do good and we will see people receive their healing, and you will get all the glory, all the honor. I want to pray for a couple of people. So if you want prayer, if you're saying, Pastor Rowe, I need prayer to be a light. I want to see God move in this hour. I want to invite you to come to this altar. I'm just going to pray a quick prayer over you. And when I pray this prayer over you, You're going to walk in a glory of God that is so bright, my God, that people will know I've spent time with Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We need to be equipped for this hour. Come on, people are going to have questions. Legitimate. What do I do now? Are you hearing me? What do I, how do I trust God now? legitimate questions and what we need is for people to see the light 